Hi guys, welcome back to Typically Peachy. How's everybody doing? How's everyone's week going? My week's going okay, specifically because it is a short week this week and it is already Thursday, so we are close to the weekend and we haven't had to have that much of a week. So I'm happy about that. What's new with me? I'm back from Nashville, Tennessee. It was so fun, you guys. I had such a great long weekend. So much good food, so much great music. The bar scene there, too, is so fun. I'm sure you guys know if you've been before or maybe you've even just heard of this, but there are just so many places on one street. Everyone's out. Everyone's ready to have a good time. I personally love country music. I know not everyone is a fan out there, but I have a great time listening to it, and it was a nice treat to have country music play at bars. Other than that, we went to some really fun restaurants, walked around, hung out. Just a very unplanned, pretty chill trip with a lot of fun people, which is exactly what I feel like I wanted and needed this weekend. So all in all, really fantastic. If there are any Nashville, Tennessee listeners out there, your city's so fun. I cannot wait to come back. Like I told you guys last week, we also drove for this trip, so the drive to and from was really fun. We listened to a true crime podcast, which I don't listen to those very often, but they are really entertaining. I feel like it takes me a little bit to get into them, but then once I start listening, I'm very invested. I want to hear how it ends. The one that we are listening to is called Serial, super popular. I'm sure that you guys have heard of it. If not, though, check it out. It definitely makes the car ride go by a lot faster. That's really all that's new with me. I came off of a fun-filled weekend, went into a short week, and now ready again for the weekend. I'm hoping that it's going to be chill with a little bit of sprinkle of something. Of course, you guys will hear about it, but nothing huge on the docket for this weekend. But one thing that I will say that I really want to do, probably for Sunday, seems like a Sunday activity, is finish the September issue of Vogue. And that brings us perfectly into what's hot this week, because we are talking about Serena Williams' retirement. This is a story that I know has been in the news, people have been talking about it, but I actually wanted to wait to speak on it until I got the September issue of Vogue, because I wanted to read her interview in the pages. And to my surprise, it actually wasn't an interview. She wrote it, and the piece is called The Hardest Thing. And I'll just read the first little intro from the pages of Vogue. She wanted to say farewell to professional tennis in her own way and in her own words. So Serena Williams sat down with Rob Haskell to compose her thoughts on being at a crossroads between tennis and family, between her future and her past. She's terrible at goodbyes, but this is one for the history books. Photographed by Luis Alberto Rodriguez. I wanted to read a bit about the photographer, too, because these pictures are stunning. As they always are in Vogue, it really never ceases to amaze me. But this article, Serena Williams' thoughts, it was so interesting to read, and I think that it was really powerful that she wrote it herself with the help of Rob Haskell. Because a retirement like this is really unique, and it is a moment in history, Her career in and of itself is incredibly historical. The start, the middle, the end. And it really wasn't just a career for her. She was breaking down barriers left and right. If you guys haven't seen King Richard yet, I really highly recommend that movie. 
just to know more about how she grew up, the discipline in her life. The movie does heavily focus on Venus. I talked to you guys about this movie on a different episode when I recommended it. But even though it mostly focuses on Venus, seeing Serena in that and seeing that Venus was originally at the forefront, it's really interesting to watch. And she mentions in the article how much Venus coming up first in tennis helped her and influenced her career. She said, quote, If you watched King Richard, then you know that when I was little, I was not very good at tennis. I was so sad when I didn't get all the opportunities that Venus got, but that helped me. It made me work harder, turning me into a savage fighter. I traveled to tournaments with Venus as her hitting partner, and if there was an open slot, I'd play. I followed her around the world and watched her. When she lost, I understood why, and I made sure I wouldn't lose the same way. That's how I started to move up so fast in the rankings, because I learned the lessons from Venus's losses instead of the hard way from my own. I like that she's able to recognize that as a reason for why she was able to move up the ranks so fast, and that she credits that largely to what she learned from her sister, because it's definitely notable, the fact that she does have an older sister that is in the same profession as her, that is also, in her own right, a huge tennis star. I feel like the admiration that they have for each other on and off the court is really amazing to see. But back to the article, it's so well written. I feel like it really gives an understanding of how kind of unsure she is in this decision. And I actually found it incredibly relatable, even though I am not at all in Serena Williams's position. I am not a trailblazing athlete, nor am I a mother. But the idea of having to choose between it all and having to always feel like something is on the back burner is an incredibly relatable thing. You want a successful career, but you want a family, and you feel like one is taking up the time of the other. And the balancing act that she felt like she was doing, I can't even imagine on her scale what that would feel like on the day-to-day, how taxing that must be. And I thought it was really interesting. She said, let me find the quote. She said, quote, The fact is that nothing is a sacrifice for me when it comes to Olympia. It all just makes sense. Olympia being her daughter. And then in the next paragraph, she says, quote, I think tennis, by comparison, has always felt like a sacrifice, though it's one I enjoyed making. When you're younger, you see kids having fun and you want to do that stuff. But you know you have to be on the court, hoping that one day it will all pay off. I got pushed hard by my parents. Nowadays, so many parents say, let your kids do what they want. Well, that's not what got me where I am. I didn't rebel as a kid. I worked hard and I followed the rules. I do want to push Olympia. Not in tennis, but in whatever captures her interest. But I don't want to push too hard. I'm still trying to figure out that balance. I thought that sentiment was really interesting. The fact that she loves tennis so much and it's been her career and the thing that has essentially made her this huge, impactful star. But to her, even with all of that admiration for the sport and for her career and where she is, it has still felt like a sacrifice. Whereas her daughter has never felt like a sacrifice. And I think that even though this decision was probably insanely challenging to make for her, I can't even imagine letting a passion go like that. 
but I'm sure what made that decision just a tiny bit easier is recognizing that difference in feeling of sacrifice, the reality that one never has and one constantly does. And I think that even in the most difficult, quote, life-changing decisions, even having that tiny ounce of clarity wherever you can pull it from is super helpful. The other thing that I found kind of relatable in the article was that she didn't beat Margaret Court's record of 24 Grand Slam titles. She only got 23 Grand Slam titles. And what I thought was interesting about that is that she said, of course, she wanted the record. If she could have beat her, she would have loved to beat her, essentially. But she also said, quote, If I'm in the Grand Slam final, then yes, I'm thinking about that record. Maybe I thought about it too much, and that didn't help. The way I see it, I should have had 30-plus Grand Slams. I had the chance after coming back from giving birth. I went from a C-section to a second pulmonary embolism to a Grand Slam final. I played while breastfeeding. I played through postpartum depression. But I didn't get there. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. I didn't show up the way I should have or could have. But I showed up 23 times, and that's fine. Actually, it's extraordinary. But these days, if I had to choose between building my tennis resume and building my family, I choose the latter. What I found interesting about that quote is that there's so many different things going on there. Of course she wants the title. Of course she wants the most wins. But at the same time, and this is the part that I found relatable, if you don't get something that you really want because you're prioritizing these other things, like she said in that quote, there's so many other things that were going on in her life. Presumably, it may be more important things to her at the time, which didn't make her show up in the way that she said she coulda, shoulda showed up in. But that's life. You have to choose. You have to prioritize. Your prioritizations can make you only partway there for certain things. In her case, yeah, maybe she didn't beat the record, but she's right, showing up 23 times winning 23 grand slams i don't even know a lot about tennis but i know that that's incredibly impressive but no matter your level of success how much you have achieved i think that part of feeling like you could always do more you could always reach higher that i think is an incredibly common natural human feeling never fully being satisfied and that's okay She now, with this retirement, is going to have so much more time for her family. She says in this article that she wants another child. She wants to do more with her company, Serena Ventures. She has a lot of other things going on. And while I do believe that this is a true goodbye, I think that we are going to be seeing a lot more of her. Even if it's not specifically her playing on the court, I don't think she'll be able to run away from tennis this easily. In some way or another, I think that there's going to be some involvement in the sport. And, if nothing else, I think that it is common consensus at this point that she has done wonders for the game of tennis and for sports in general. So, farewell for now, Serena Williams. I'm excited to see what she does next. And if you guys haven't read this article, I strongly encourage you to do so. Again, it's in the September issue of Vogue one of the best, and it's on Vogue.com. Check it out.
That's it for what's hot. Now let's get right into what's good. This week, I have some fun thrifted finds. This is a little bit overdue because I actually went thrifting when I was in LA for my friend's wedding, but then a lot of stuff happened. I went home, I went to Nashville, so I didn't get to share my finds with you guys, and I found some really good stuff that I really, really, really wanted to share. So why not this week? Let's get into it. I will start off by saying that all of these finds, this thrifting round, are from Crossroads Trading. If you guys haven't been there, it's actually a chain of thrift stores. So I went to one in LA, but I'm actually pretty sure that there is one in Chicago and a bunch of other cities. So I might check out the one by me soon because I've only ever been to the ones in LA. But a bit of a disclaimer that at Crossroads specifically, a lot of time they have really good stuff. But I will say that it is priced slightly higher than possibly what you would like when you're thrifting. It's not Goodwill prices. You're not getting a t-shirt for two bucks. So it kind of depends what thrifting you want to do. Some of the things that I'm going to share are probably pieces that I wouldn't be able to find at something like a Goodwill. But I have been thrifting at a lot of your more traditional places. And you definitely can find good stuff. It probably will just take you a bit longer and there's definitely more digging involved. You have to sift through a lot more stuff, you have to be patient with it, and you kind of have to go in with more of an open mindset than maybe if you were going to a place like Crossroads. So all about preferences, all about the shopping experience, but I have found really great items both ways. So for this thrifting haul, let's get started. The first item is the one that I'm actually currently wearing. I know that you can't see me, but I'll describe it for you. It is by the brand Katen. It still had the tags on when I bought it. It's a light pink t-shirt. It has the brand name in small letters on the front. And then in the back, it has a parrot and a skeleton hand holding the parrot. And it says, easy does it. Really fun, unique find. It was brand new. Definitely a steal. My next item, also a t-shirt, and this one is one of the probably quirkiest, funniest t-shirt finds I've ever found. It's a black t-shirt, and on it, it says Easy Bake Coven. So you guys know like an Easy Bake Oven, but an Easy Bake Coven. And it has three girls in a graveyard and an Easy Bake Oven above them, and they're doing what looks to be like a seance to the Easy Bake Oven which I find to be so hilarious because obviously the Easy Bake Oven is gone. Rest in peace. At least I think it is. I don't know. Are they producing any more Easy Bake Ovens? If you guys are a 90s kid, you know what I'm talking about. The Easy Bake Oven was so incredibly cool. Everyone loved them. I was lucky enough to have one. It was just this tiny oven and you got these little packets where you could actually bake things in your tiny oven. You felt like a professional baker as a child. It was really fantastic. But because of how obsessed I was with my Easy Bake Oven, I think that this shirt is hilarious. Such a funny find. The last t-shirt I got is from Vans, and it has just a cute little strawberry on the front of it. Very precious. The next thing I got, sticking within the comfy vein, is a crewneck sweatshirt. It's from the brand Cyrillus. And it has a bunch of little sports things on it. So like a tennis racket, a football, bowling shoes, a scuba mask. It's really cute. It's really fun. Definitely looks vintage. More of a worn down navy color. 
the last I'll say comfy item is a black Pangaea hoodie. And like many of their other hoodies, it says on the front, this hoodie is made from a recycled and organic cotton mix. And I was shocked when I saw this there because I feel like they're a relatively new-ish brand. At least people are finding out about them pretty recently. So to already see them at a thrift store was really shocking. But I was so excited because finding a sweatshirt of a brand that you love that is made sustainably and then you're buying it in an extra sustainable way because you're thrifting it, it was just very fun for me. So I had to have it. And at a discounted price, no less, perfect. All right, the next couple things that I found, a white crochet mini dress, so cute, so detailed. It looks barely worn based on the fact that it is still very white. I also got a really pretty deep green long velvet dress. It has spaghetti straps. It's really flattering and just a very unique piece. Next, I found a mini skirt that is very mod looking. It's mustard yellow in the middle, then white side panels, and a really dark navy thick waistband. It's really cute. This one fits me so well, which is so nice because I feel like a lot of mini skirts are too long on me. Next, I got another mini skirt, and this one is actually from Reformation, so a very fun find. Again, a secondhand sustainable shopping from a sustainable brand. We love to see it. It's a leopard print, and I cannot wait to wear this with a chunky sweater over it coming into the fall time. So excited for the look. And the last clothing item that I have is a little white romper with really pretty colorful detailing around the neckline and around the pockets. And it has a little bit of tie frills coming off of the pocket as well. Very cute. Next up, I have some accessories. The first one is such a fun find. It is a Betsy Johnson belt. It's bright red. It has these tiny white dots on it and then these little tulips. It's a thick belt and has a thick square buckle. I'm obsessed. I was so excited when I found this one. The last two things that I found thrifting that I was incredibly excited about are two bags. Coincidentally, both the same color. One of them is such a fun shape. It's structured in a crossbody bag, but it has a rounded top and a rounded bottom, but then the handles are more square. I love the shape of this. I find it really unique. I cannot wait to pair this with like an all-white outfit and then just my standout orange bag. The last bag that I got is actually one that I got for my mom. I love this bag so much. It's orange. It's crochet. It was such a perfect find at a thrift store, such great quality. I feel like this is a bag that is perfect if you're going by the pool, if you're going shopping at a farmer's market, you want to put some fresh fruit in it or some vegetables. That's how I pictured this, but my mom can use it however she pleases. If you guys specifically want to see this bag, it is the cover photo this week on the Instagram at typicallypeachy. Guys, also, this bag photographed so well. Seriously, check it out. And remember, you can find something like this too at a thrift store near you. Those were all of my recent thrifting finds. Maybe it's inspired you to go out and get thrifting. Last up for what's good, one song this week. And I guess I am just continuing in my mood of listening to songs that I used to love. 
because just like last week, I have a song for you guys that is not at all new, but I love it so much, I can't stop listening to it. So it is now on the playlist. The song is Tonight You're Perfect by New Politics. Check it out on Typically Peachy, What's Good on Spotify. All right, you guys, that's it for what's good. Now let's get right into Need to Know Basis because it perfectly rolls in from what's good. This week, we are talking about thrifting at large. Last week's episode, I told you guys that I made some really big kid purchases and I won't be doing that for a little while. And that's absolutely true. So to balance out the splurges, I thought that it was a good idea to talk to you guys about how I kind of managed to do that. Sometimes, very rarely, I make a big splurge like last week, but then, for my norm, I really do try to be smart about my purchases, and I think one of the best ways to do that is to thrift. I know that there are so many options out there. There are so many stores with so many cute clothes and cute accessories. But sometimes thrifting is not only the most affordable option, but also a really great sustainable option. And on top of that, I have found some of my most unique purchases from a thrift store. Because even though, yes, technically they're probably not all one of a kind, they were once probably in a traditional store, they no longer are. They have gone through many cycles. Some of these pieces maybe years and years and years old. So you're probably not going to run into the problem of wearing the same thing as somebody else. So I thought I would give some of my top tips for thrifting. It's not a science. It's not super complex. And I know that a lot of you probably already are thrift shoppers. But even in this last thrifting experience that I had, there were some of my own tips here that I wish that I incorporated more because honestly, I kind of just threw some of them out the window. And then looking back at it, I thought, you know what, next time I'm really going to try to stick to this rule set because it really does make the process a lot better. Just some of these really simple tips that I have adhered to in the past. And why not try to make it the best experience for yourself? We are always improving. We are always growing over here. So some simple tips for me to live by, maybe some for you guys to take on. Here they are. First one is go in with a budget. I understand that when you are going thrifting, you're probably automatically thinking, I'm going to spend less money. This is the affordable way to shop, so I'm probably not going to spend as much as I normally would shopping somewhere else. With that though, I think it can sometimes be a dangerous thought because then you have the possibility to think to yourself, oh, I can buy this and this and this and this because it's all so much cheaper than what it would normally be. That's not a great mindset to go in with it. Because then, yeah, you get a ton more for how much you're spending. But if you really wanted to come into the experience not spending a ton, you've already defeated that purpose. So if you say to yourself, I only want to spend $100 today. If it's less, fantastic. And at a lot of these thrift stores, like I said, like at a Goodwill, you can get away with that super easy. At a store like Crossroads, it might be a little bit more difficult. So you can either choose to shop at a Goodwill over a Crossroads and get more for your buck, or just be cognizant of that budget. 
My next tip is that when you get there, you start shopping. Shop in categories. I kind of found that I wasn't doing this at my last thrifting experience, and I think that's what made it take longer for me. Like, I'd look at some pants, and then I would go to the sweatshirts, and I'd look at some of the sweatshirts, and then i go to the t-shirts. And then I would go back to the sweatshirts, then to the dresses, then back to the pants. And I was like, Emma, what are you doing? You've already been to the sweatshirts. You've already been to the t-shirts. Let's just do it in categories so that you're not bouncing back and forth. You're just bouncing one to the next. Just a simple tip that I wish I did this past time. My next tip, which is one that I feel like a lot of people have talked about, but shop in both sections. What I mean by that is shop in the women's section and shop in the men's section. It might be a little bit harder if you're a guy shopping in the women's section for sizing purposes, but honestly, even in the women's section, there are some things that I feel like would fit size-wise. Specifically for this too, I'm talking about like the hoodies, the t-shirts, even the pants sometimes. I know that that one works for a lot of people. For me personally, the pants one has not worked for me, but the sweatshirt and t-shirt ones absolutely have. Just make sure not to limit yourself too much because also sometimes things are put in the wrong areas. So that kind of goes for size too. Don't just look in your size because there could potentially be something that is your size in a different section. Remember thrifting, a lot of it is you doing a little bit extra work to find those really special pieces. Next piece of advice, if you can try it on, definitely do. I know that it's a hassle, trust me, especially if there's a line, but even this last time, there are things that I would have bought if I hadn't tried them on, and I'm so glad that I tried them on because they did not look good on me, and I am really glad that I did not spend the extra money because a lot of thrift stores, maybe even all thrift stores, I'm not sure that you can return anything. So just be aware of that. If you can try it on, do. And even if they don't have a fitting room, at least try on the things that you can put over anything that you're wearing. That brings me to my next tip, which is wear clothes that are very easy to shop in. What I mean by that is specifically clothes that you could put something over if you needed to try it on quickly and easily. That has helped me so many times. Or even too, maybe instead of wearing a dress that day, wear a tank top or t-shirt and shorts. Because having specifically a bottom and a top is really helpful if you're going to be trying on only bottoms or only tops. My next tip If you're thrifting, look closely at the pieces before you buy them. Because these items had a previous life, there's possibility that there could be tears or distress or stains, and you just want to be aware of all of that before you buy. So really examine the pieces, look at the seams, make sure that there aren't any holes, because that's always a bummer when you bring something home and you didn't realize it in the store. And then now you have it, and maybe it's going to prevent you from wearing it. And speaking of preventing you from wearing something, my final tip for thrifting is to be sure about all of your purchases before you purchase. This is something, too, that I could definitely work on myself. I am trying to have a new thought process that if I feel like I am really going to be so sad If I don't take this item home with me, that it's going to add so much to my closet 
then I can responsibly buy it. But if it's just a whatever piece, you don't love it, but you like it, but you're not totally sure about it, just don't buy it. Especially when you're thrifting, because you can't return, you don't want to end up not wearing something, have it sit there, and then you think to yourself, I didn't have to buy this, I didn't even like it that much. Don't get too wrapped up in the fact that it is a unique purchase. Because that's the thing that's my downfall when I'm thrifting. I think, oh my gosh, this is one of a kind. I don't know if I really like it, but if I don't buy it, I'm never going to be able to buy it again. Don't get too caught up in that thought process. It's okay if it's one of a kind and it's not yours if you don't love it. That's really what matters. That you love it and it's unique. Not that it's unique and you only kind of like it. So remember to make the uniqueness of it secondary. Those are my thrifting tips for you guys. Hopefully they were helpful. Maybe you've already thought about all of these, and if so, then maybe they're just a friendly reminder. Because like I said, I could definitely use some of my own friendly reminders sometimes. So if you've been feeling the urge to shop recently, go out, get thrifting, thrift with a purpose, and put some of these tips in your pocket. Save them for later. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope that you have an amazing rest of your week, a fantastic weekend. Spend some time with the people that you love. Say something nice to a stranger. Get up to some thrifty business. And don't forget to stay peachy, my friends.